We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Jesus Christ is understanding what his kingdom is all about, that his kingdom is about his reign in your heart and in your life. That's what it means to follow Christ. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. Don't be content with knowing what Jesus did. Live your life to get involved in what he's doing. Do you know God? Do you know the one who changed the world? If you want to be a world changer, it has to do with who you know. But listen to this. If you want to change the world, you have to be filled with the Holy Spirit, and he gives you the power to change the world. So it is about what you have, right? You have to have the power of the Holy Spirit. That's described in verse 2. It's described in verse 8. It's described in verse 5, that the Holy Spirit comes to you and gives you the power to do what God wants you to do. Now, I've told you we're going to come back to John 14. Did you know in John 14, after Jesus had that interaction with the disciples, let not your heart be troubled, you believe in God, believe also in me. He later goes on to tell them, guys, I'm sending you a helper. And as a result of that helper, you're going to be able to do greater things than you've seen me do. Now, I want to just say that to you again. Jesus, in John 14, said that he was sending us the helper. Who is the helper? It's the Holy Spirit. And that as a result of the Holy Spirit in us, we're going to be able to do greater things than he did. Now, the early church believed that. In fact, the Apostle Paul put it this way in Ephesians 3.20. Now to him who's able to do far more abundantly than all we ask or think. According to what? The power that's at work within us. What's the power? It's the Holy Spirit. Luke was saying, you're going to have the opportunity to have the power to change the world, but you've got to recognize that power. How does the Holy Spirit give us power? Well, he, he enlightens us, right? Do you ever have those moments as a follower of Christ where you're thinking about doing something and all of a sudden you get that nudge in your spirit to say, ah, this is not a good idea. Spiritual discernment, guidance, enlightenment. You know what else the Holy Spirit does? He energizes us. When we feel like giving up, when we feel like we can't go on, 
that we say, God, I can only do this in your power. So the Holy Spirit energizes us. The Holy Spirit enlightens us. He energizes us. And then he encourages us. You know what it means to encourage? It means to put courage in. So the Holy Spirit is what gives us boldness. It's it's what gives us the ability to keep on keeping on. It's what gives us the ability to step out in faith and do that which no one else is doing. John Newton, who wrote Amazing Grace, he, he said... Could it, could it be that the Holy Spirit, which was essential in doing everything that the early church did for the glory of God, has become irrelevant to the church today? What's taking place in your life that's only done through the power of the Holy Spirit? I have to tell you, I'm getting old enough to be ornery when it comes to church I've been around church people all my life, 52 years. And the reality is I often hear about what we can't do. I I can't share my faith because I'm afraid. I I can't give because I've got too many bills. I I can't go because I don't speak a language or I don't know what I would do. I, I can't, I can't, I can't. And we're no different than a child who whines about what they do when God's Word says, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you've got the power of the Holy Spirit. And guess what? There's nothing God can't do. What greater things does God have in store for you that will only be accomplished by the power of the Spirit in your life? What is it that God has put in your mind? What, what dream, what way you could make a difference? It was five years ago that in our church, we had an evening much like the evening we're going to have this evening. Where we just wanted to expose you to what you could do right here in our community. We partnered with some friends in ministry and we told you about adoption and foster care and the danger of human trafficking and the problem of abortion. And it was a great evening. So many of you came back, just as I hope you will this evening, where we do a similar event. I remember after that evening, I went home and I I turned to my wife after just a good day as a pastor. You felt like you're doing the right things because it's the half-brother of Jesus that said, this is pure and undefiled religion and that you take care of the widows and you take care of the orphans. And man, I had challenged the church as the coach, as, as the pastor, to, to let's be about the right things, the main things. And so I looked at my bride and I, I said, you think that's us? <laughs> and she said, no, I, I feel like we're okay. And I remember just wiping my brow and thinking, thank you, Jesus. Me too. I think, you know, we've got four boys and uh, we're getting a little older. And I I think we've got a a full plate. We're doing what God wants us to do. And it was the next day that I got a text on my phone. And the the text on the phone said, Pastor, do you think there's anybody in our church that is open to foster care and, and and maybe interested in adoption? And I didn't respond by text. I picked up the phone and I called and I said, hey, friend, were you at church yesterday? And, and he said, no, I, I can't. We, we've got my, my great-granddaughter, and uh, there's just some challenges, and it, it, it's hard for us. And she's never been around people, and she was, been, she was born blind, and there's just all kind of challenges. And I said, well, time out. That, that was not meant to, to make you feel any guilt. I just want you to know that that was the focus yesterday evening. And, and not only do I know we have some people, there are people signed up on a list, but as I said those words, I just stopped. 
And I said, give me 24 or 48 hours. And I'll never forget going home and telling that story to my bride and saying to her, do you think that could be us? And she looked me in the eyes and she said, I think that might be us. In 24 hours, the Holy Spirit of God worked in our lives and let us see that we could do what we thought we could not do. Because his power was already at work within us in ways that were exceedingly abundantly beyond what we had begun to think, dream, or imagine. I can't imagine life right now had we not taken that step. And some of you, you're missing out on the, the blessings of God because you're, you're thinking in your own mind, I don't, I don't know a way, I, I can't do this, I can't figure this out. And you're right, you can't, but he can. You want to be a world changer? Sometimes it has to do with who you know. You've got to know Jesus, the person who changed the world. Sometimes it has to do with what you have. You have to have the Holy Spirit, the power that gives you the ability to change the world. But if you want to change the world, you also have to obey the Great Commission, which gives us purpose in changing the world. There was a buzz on Christian social media just a few weeks ago because we were reminded of the survey that said more than 50% of active church attenders said they had no idea what the Great Commission was. Do you? The Great Commission is a commission. It's not a, a sales benefit you get if you make a sale. The Great Commission is what we call that command of Jesus. What we read in Acts 1-8, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit's come upon you. You'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, the ends of the earth. It's also described in Matthew 28 in verse 19. Go, therefore, or as you go, literally in the language, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. But I want you to focus on what it says in Acts 1-8. Look at that again. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. What does the power give you the ability to do? To be his witnesses. Your witnesses, who's, who's talking? It's Jesus. Your witnesses for Jesus. What does a witness do? A witness testifies to what they've seen and experienced. We've made this way too complicated. You don't have to ask, what would Jesus do? You just have to do what Jesus did. He's already done it. He's lived his life. He's given us the example. What did Jesus do when he came to seek and save the lost? Are you a witness for him? He came to be a friend of sinners. Are you a witness for him? He came to be a healer. Are you a healer? Or do your words, do your actions, do your attitudes tear others down? Are you a witness for him? He cared for the least of these. Are you a witness for him? He told the truth. <laughs> Are you a witness for him? He was kind. And a Christ follower never has a liberty to be unkind. Are you a witness for him? He knew the scriptures. Do you? Are you a witness for him? He prayed. Jesus, the son of God, prioritized prayer. Do you? Are you a witness for him? And he gave his all. He gave his all. That's what Jesus did. Are you a witness for him? Are you one of his witnesses? How in the world have we boiled down our Christian faith to the idea that if we occasionally show up for a church service, we're okay? If we're not committing one of the big ten sins, we're okay. 
That was never what it was about in the early church. The early church came together to be his witnesses. We witness by just being Jesus in our little corner of the world. To our people. To those we can get to. To everybody. And every follower of Jesus is called to leverage their life as witnesses for the Great Commission. You'll never be what you ought to be until you do what you ought to be doing. So are you witnesses in our world? We need it. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says, the Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. Recently, I had the opportunity to hang out with John Maxwell, a man named Rob Hopkins. They've just written a book called Change Your World. Just listen to some of the reasons our world needs changing. In 2014, so now this is old, but in 2014, 2.5 million children were homeless in the United States. In 2015, 3.3 million people were victims of violent crime in the United States. Mental health and all the issues that come with that are on the rise and getting worse. 40 million people around the world are in slavery. Our world needs changing. And we know how it can be changed. It's the hope of the gospel. The truth is, there's 17,461 people groups in the world. That means different groups of people that have different heritage and speak different language. 17,000. 461, 7,432 of them have no active presence of people who have a relationship with Jesus Christ. We need witnesses. By the way, we think of ourselves in this culture as American, but there are 1,525 different people groups just in the United States. We shouldn't be surprised by that. We may have 67 nations just represented in our church. And guess what? Of those 15 plus 100 of those, many of them need a witness. Did you know right here in our county, 1,700, I'm sorry, 1,178 children were removed from their homes because it was unsafe? That's just in the last 12 months in Hillsborough County. They need a witness. 
at any given time in our county, there are over 4,000, 4,284 right now children in foster care. They need a witness. And God's placed us here in Florida. More than a thousand people a day are moving to Florida. More than 150 a day are moving to Hillsborough County. They need a witness. If you want to be a world changer, all you have to do is start in your little corner of the world and say, how can I be a witness for Jesus? Then you go to your people and say, how can I be a witness for Jesus? Then you get to whoever you can reach and say, how can I be a witness for Jesus? And then you just decide, hey, I'm going to do everything I can to reach as many people because I've got to leverage what God's given me. To be a witness for Jesus. Man, if the church understood that. That every follower of Jesus is called to leverage his or her life for the great commission. How would our world change? You can't do everything. But you can do some things. You can make a difference. Small actions done consistently bring big changes. has something to do with who you know. It has something to do with what you have. It, it has something to do with what you do. <laughs> but it also has something to do with how you do it. If you want to change the world, you have to live with urgency because of the promise of Jesus, the one who changed the world. You know what the promise of Jesus is? Are you ready for this? We see it at the very end of the book. If you have your Bible, you can turn to Revelation 22 and verse 20. Here's what it says. He who testified to these things says, Surely I am coming soon. Consistently throughout Scripture, Jesus promised, I'm coming back. Now, when Jesus came as a baby and lived as a man, You know who refused to receive him? It was the religious people. Devout Jewish people. And before we're critical of them, they were devoutly following the path that God had set out for them. The path that included him repeatedly telling them, I'm coming, I'm sending you a savior, I'm sending you a deliverer, I'm sending you the Christ who will be the anointed one. He'll establish the kingdom. And yet when Jesus came, they weren't ready. I deeply fear that much of the church today have become the Pharisees of the Scriptures. We know the truth. We may even quote it when it fits our narrative. But we're not living with urgency as if Jesus may come again. Here's what Jesus said about that in Matthew 24. And the gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And after that, the end will come. What was Jesus saying? I think he was saying, as we do our part... To be his witnesses, 
as we act with urgency on purpose for his glory, we will expediate his coming. And that's why the end of the book says, come Lord Jesus. So we find ourselves not unlike the disciples. We glance with expectancy awaiting the return of Jesus. But we get busy with urgency being his witness in the meantime. We become world changers. In his little book, what, on, what are you going to do with your life? J.D. Greer tells the story of Adoniram Judson. Judson wrote this letter to what would become his father-in-law. See if you would write a letter like this. I have now to ask you whether you can consent to part with your daughter early next spring. <laughs> yesterday, just yesterday, recent news. Um, I reminded my daughter that she could get married when she turns 35. And then she reminded me, I will get married when God wants me to. (laughs) Pray for me. (laughs) To see her no more in this world. that's That's what he wrote. I'm writing to ask you to be willing to part with your daughter next spring and never see her again. Whether you can consent to her departure to a heathen land and to her subjection to the hardships and sufferings of missionary life, uh, whether you can consent to the exposure of the dangers of the ocean, to the fatal influence of the southern climate of India, to every kind of want and distress, to degradation, insult, persecution, and perhaps a violent death, can you consent to all this for the sake of him who left his heavenly home and died for her and for you? the sake of perishing immortal souls for the sake of Zion and the glory of God? Can you consent to all this in hope of, of soon meeting your daughter in the world of glory with the crown of righteousness brightened by the acclamation of praise which will re- resound to her Savior from the lost who were saved through her means from her eternal woe and despair? Well, Adonara Judson and Anne Hasseltine were married February 5th, 1812. They left for India, eventually went to Burma, and Anne died in 1826. A young lady. Six months later, their only child died. And they went to Burma. Now Myanmar where there were no followers of Jesus Christ identified. And today, there are more than two million Baptists (laughs) and many more Christians. The third highest number of Christians of anywhere in the world. I believe because one man understood that with the power of the Holy Spirit you can change the world. It may not be easy. It won't necessarily be comfortable. 
you may have to sacrifice. But you can change the world. So here's what I'd say to you today. doesn't matter how old you are, young you are. doesn't matter what you've done or you haven't done. It doesn't matter if you've got a past. We all do. By God's grace, thanks to Jesus, through the power of the Holy Spirit, You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us weekdays at 9 a.m. for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910.